Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, y'all. Ryan Sprick here. As you all know, the Somewhere in the Skies podcast is always free to consume, but it isn't free to create. That's why I've started the Somewhere in the Skies Patreon campaign. On a monthly basis, you give what you think the show is worth. You'll be helping the show continue, grow, and to be something truly communal. And remember, there are rewards for each level of contribution, and the list is only growing. So please, help Somewhere in the Skies now by becoming a patron. To contribute and to learn more, visit www.patreon.com backslash somewhere skies. Thank you for your support. And now, on with the show. You know, many people have asked me, when do you think disclosure will happen? And many people are expect an answer that, you know, maybe in two years or in five years or whenever, there will be a press conference. <laughs> and, you know, I think that the more simple answer to that is disclosure is already happening and we are in the middle of it right now. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Hey guys, I am Ryan Sprague from Somewhere in the Skies. And I am Jason McClellan from Unknown. And we are doing a Constravaganza today, a podcast crossover. We were both very busy this past weekend, Jason, exhausted, but busy and all for the better because we both attended conferences or conventions, I should say, all about UFOs and everything in between, brother. So how was your weekend, first and foremost? Where were you? Well, certainly exhausting. That's how these things go, especially when you're just in the middle of these big gatherings of people and running around and trying to take it all in. It's exhausting. So uh, it's many days after the fact, and I'm, I'm still sort of, sort of recovering, trying to get my energy back. But uh, I was in Denver for Denver Comic-Con for the past, I think, three or four years. Um, I've been there as a guest, and it's just – it's a cool event, man. Yeah, and I, I remember when you guys did this. Was it last year, you and Maureen? Yeah, yeah. Last year we did a uh, did a UFO panel too. Yeah, it was so cool seeing finally, finally UFOs in a in a comic book convention. We've been striving for this for years and years, and you guys finally made it happen. So I was really excited to see that happen last year. I'm so happy they they uh, asked you guys back to do this, and we're gonna get into just exactly what you guys talked about. But uh, I wanted to sort of start it off with the convention I was at this past weekend. Because honestly, man, I'm more interested to hear about yours. <laughs> uh, well, I, I saw all the photos you were posting and, and that everybody else was posting, man. That, that looked like a good time. It was a good time. And, you know, I kind of went into it expecting that more than anything, more than like a serious UFO convention. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's in the name, Alien Con. So first and foremost, right there, you know, this isn't like, what are UFOs? Could they be alien? No, it's there are aliens and we fully embrace this stuff so yeah this is alien con i believe they're in their second or third year now um this is in pasadena california and it's hosted by the ancient aliens television show a e network and uh prometheus entertainment i believe they're called they tried it last year and holy hell man it just it exploded um i think it was something like uh, ten to fifteen thousand people showed up last year, and this year they went almost up to twenty five thousand people attended. I this. believe it. Yeah. Oh my God! So you know, I I show up. I missed the first day, unfortunately, but I showed up 
the second day, Saturday, and, you know, signed in as a guest. I was speaking at the event, and uh, I show up, and the line is wrapped around the block, and people nice. were waiting like two, three hours just to nice. get in. Um, so that tells you right here, this topic of aliens is definitely popular. It's definitely in the mainstream. And what the this convention is trying to do now is get more UFO researchers involved, which I thought was really cool. So you did see a lot more of that this year, other than just, you know, Giorgio Tsoukalos and people from ancient aliens or celebrities. You saw legitimate researchers. I mean, Nick Pope was there. I got to see him do a really cool panel all about, you know, the the recent Pentagon UFO program story and to the Stars Academy and disclosure. Well, what a difference a few months make. <laughs> a few months ago, I think if you all had said, I'm going to Alien Con and I'm going to be hanging out with all the cast contributors from ancient aliens, a lot of family and friends and work colleagues would have said, oh, you don't believe that crazy stuff, do you? But in the last few months, we've seen a fundamental change in the way that this subject has been handled. We've seen it appear on the front page of the New York Times. We've seen it, I don't care about politics, this isn't a political issue. We've seen it on CNN, we've seen it on Fox. I was on the Tucker Carlson tonight, last week, talking about this uh, Pentagon UFO program, the declassified Navy videos. So like I say, a few months ago, you would have been, oh, the people that kind of go to this kind of crazy stuff. Now, you are the people who were right. <laughs> Which was really cool. Uh, David Childress was there. I'm sure a lot of people remember him from Ancient Aliens. Uh, Stephen Bassett, our favorite person, favorite UFO lobbyist. UFO lobbyist. Yep. Dean Eliotto, the filmmaker who was at the UFO Congress this past year. A uh, newfound friend of mine. I shared a vendor table with him. And everything in between, man. We had John Brandenburg, who's a plasma physicist. Seth Shostak was there, our favorite SETI debunker guy. So yeah, it really ran the gamut. I had a great time. I got to see an Ancient Aliens panel with Giorgio and uh, Eric Von Daniken. Classic classic chariots of the gods and that was really cool to see these two generations of ancient alien theorists no matter what you believe in that entire prospect of ufos or aliens of the ancient alien theory uh it was cool to see those two together sort of hashing it out so it was a great great time you know there are always new discoveries in archaeology this is a never-ending process as we grow over the planet, we always find new temples, we find new mysteries, we find new old writings which have not been published until today. And this is the world we go, we go on. And Giorgio and I, we should visit always these mysterious things and we should present them to the public in a honest way. You know, at the end of each of my speeches in, in German speaking world, I always say to the public, ladies and gentlemen, this is not what I do, it's not the question of believe it or not. It has nothing to do with religion. I will turn myself in a tomb if some idiots come out and make a kind of sect of what I'm doing. It's a question of knowing, not believing it. And what we do, we know things and we present things which we know they do exist. Of course, there is still question mark behind. The facts do exist. The interpretation is something different. Look, a fact, for example, is the book of Ezekiel. That fact exists. You can, everyone can read the book of Ezekiel. But the interpretation between Giorgio, I, and the theologians, the professor in theology, is completely different. Also, we use the same fact. So we use a fact like the Great Pyramid. The interpretation from archaeological side and our suggestions are completely different. But the facts are the same. So we all start with facts, and we ask questions, and we have put the question mark at the end. We do not say, you have to believe this. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I agree that I like what they did this year with uh, the, the variety of guests and adding more people uh, from, you know, more UFO researchers and more entertainment guests as well. You know, their last year, their first year, I, I 
thought it seemed like a kind of a bizarre event because it really was just a like ancient aliens convention and with some random like 70s and 80s tv <laughs> stars i yep, guess yep. um you know people i'd never heard of and you know well i i see what they're going for they're trying to do like a comic-con type thing but not really so yeah i questioned it last year this year it just exploded and it looked like they did it right man and they do set it up just like a comic-con i mean they've got like signings and photo ops and stuff like that with the with the celebrities and how how was the vendor room the vendor room was insane you could barely move in there it was shoulder to shoulder the whole time Uh, what what really surprised me man and what was really cool is this wasn't you know ufo people and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it was people who were there because they love ancient aliens they love aliens in general and they just love the whole aesthetic of that and the possibility of life elsewhere so i mean you did you had cosplay everywhere people dressed as aliens people dressed as Giorgio sucolos i'm not kidding you that's Um, amazing and that's something that i you know i don't know why but it it didn't even cross my mind that there would be cosplay at that event that is so rad everything everything you could think of and i mean that's cool man i sold out of books in the first day and it's again it's because people were just there to consume to find information and to have a good time so right it far exceeded my expectations um mary mcdonald was there from battlestar galactica awesome. uh, she's always cool she did a an episode of her podcast where she brings on all women in sci-fi so that was really cool um I got oh yeah that. she had uh, she had gates mcfadden from from star trek right correct gates mcfadden um they had a few other people i think even linda moulton howe showed up for that wow. <laughs> to speak so that was cool the big draws i will say though this year um besides giorgio obviously were mitch Pelegi and David Duchovny from yeah. the X-Files. Yeah, that was a good time. The lines for that to get autographs and photos were insane. I mean, people I waited it. five, six hours just to meet Holy these guys. Hell. Can you imagine? Oh. But they also did a, a panel, Mitch and David, about 25 years later of the X-Files. So yeah. that was cool. I got to sit on in that. I got some nice. good audio from that. So kicking off, it's been 25 years of the X-Files. 11 seasons, 218 episodes. Should fans consider this the end of the road? I see we have uh, 44 minutes to not answer your question. (laughs) I have never had that before on a stage. I think I can do it. I'm going to count it down. I've got a few more things to say. Wait a minute. That's 15 seconds of... (laughs) Fuck if we know. Amen. It's <laughs> um, the there... best answers that you, that you guys are going to get. I mean, exactly. I know I felt a lot of feelings watching the season 11 finale. You felt a lot of feelings? I felt a lot of feelings. A barrage of feelings. Um, there's a lot of death, a lot of reveals, a lot of surprises. What were your respective uh, first impressions of reading the script for the first time? Last episode, um, yeah. I yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really good. I was I was very happy with it, uh, and and I, it's funny because the thing at the end, you know, with with uh, Skinner under the car, <laughs> I, I had said to Chris when we were in New York Comic Con, I said when Jillian had announced that she wasn't doing it anymore, I said, well, let's kill Skinner. You said that? I, I did. I said what? we were walking back. We were walking back from the from the uh, from the thing back to the hotel. And I, I've been saying that for years. I know you have, you bastard. And I said, I said to Chris, okay, well, Jillian says she's not coming back. Let's let, let's have Skinner go out in a blaze of glory, doing something heroic, and, and die. And he goes, oh, I don't think I want to do that. And then, and then he started thinking about it. I guess, and then, and then, I, and then I, I, I went back to the hotel and I immediately called him. I said, you know the thing about killing Skinner? Maybe not. My feeling about the whole thing, and it's—I I don't think it'll be popular, but I feel like. You know, I understand the connection with the, the fans, and I, I want that. I think it's 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 a beautiful thing. But I also think that what we're making is a mystery. You know, we're 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 making something that we want to be surprising and to be to be uh, enjoyed for the first time and the only time, the only first time you can get. Not the only time you can go back and watch or whatever, but you know, for not to know anything about it, not to be. And it's to me that's always my kind of. 
push and pull with social media or behind the scenes stuff is like, no, I want, I want, I want people to be surprised when they see that stupid fucking blobfish. <laughs> not like, oh, the blobfish is trending on the blah, blah. You know, so that's kind of my thing. So I, you know, I'm, maybe I'm ornery. I don't know, but I like, I like the magic. Oh, there's no mystery. And there's no mystery. I, li I like the magic of we're making this thing behind a curtain. You know, we're all working really hard to give you something that's going to be really entertaining and and surprising. And now here it is. And now later we can talk about the blobfish or whatever. But that's that's kind of it's old school, I guess. But forgive me. And we got to hear all about how season 11 went, um, what it was like the past 25 years, hopping into these characters again, and possibly where the show might be heading next. So it, it was mm. a really, really good time. And then I gave my talk. Uh, it was called A Human Approach to an Alien Phenomenon. It was the last event of the entire convention. So I wasn't even yeah. sure if anyone was going to show up. It was right. Father's Day, and everyone was sort of winding down at this point. But I'm not kidding you, man. There's probably a solid four or five hundred people who showed up and listened to me blab for over an hour and a half and that's awesome it was great i had tons of people come up to me after and tell me their ufo stories you know the talk was all about like the human side of it kind of like the book and you know people who've had these these experiences in their lives and how it impacts them so it clearly impacted these people yeah. and i stayed in the room after for like an hour just chatting it up with people so amazing so much fun and i know they're now expanding and doing one on the east coast this november right. in baltimore yeah. so maybe maybe people will see some familiar faces there uh in baltimore in november we'll see yeah that's cool man i mean it's always ambitious when uh you know these organizers have a successful event and they decide to to branch out like that and, and do two events but you got to give got to give the other coast some love too so we are going to dive into the one i'm most excited about and that was denver comic-con <laughs> yeah that you attended this weekend so tell me all about denver comic-con and how you sort of got i guess involved with this and how you got these panels on ufos finally at a comic book convention sure so denver comic-con is is, is pretty rad. I mean, they've got they've got a good thing going there. I mean, it's you know pretty much every city in the country has a comic con now, and they <laughs> vary widely in size. But Denver's done a really good job. They've they've only had there since since 2012, and uh, so this was their seventh year. But if I'm remembering correctly, I think even in their second year of having this event, they were already at like 100,000 people. Wow. So. Very successful for them. It's put on by a nonprofit organization called Pop Culture Classroom. So the educational component is pretty important to them for their event. So several years ago, a friend of ours reached out to us, to, to me and, and our colleague Maureen Ellsbury, because he was a fan of the web series we were doing, Spacing Out, and everything we were doing at Open Minds. So he reached out and asked if we'd be interested in coming out to Denver Comic Con to be on some panels. So you know, we jumped at that because we're we're big uh, big geeks and we love that scene. And you know, like you, our big focus with a lot of what we do in UFO research and UFO journalism is targeting the the general public, mm -hmm. that audience that's not the typical UFO crowd, because we want to introduce people to these topics, to the research that's been done, and kind of lay it out for people so they can get interested and start doing research on their own, you know, getting this new generation of, of, of researchers and people actively involved in UFO research, the perfect audience for us. So last year we dove into UFOs and we did, we did a panel on, I think we called it like real life X files. Mm -hmm. And when we were going to the, the room where the panel was going to be so we could get set up, we saw a huge line of people and we saw a room next to the, the ballroom we were going to be in filled with people like in in a line, like going through all of the, the crowd control barriers and stuff, like zigzagging through and just filling this room. Well, what is going on? <laughs> and we asked like one of the volunteers there and they're all, yeah, they're waiting for the next panel. We're all, oh man, this sucks because clearly they think that like David Duchovny or Julian Anderson is going to be here. They think <laughs> it's like an X-Files panel. Oh man, this is embarrassing. But no, we went in, the room filled up. They turned people away because they didn't have enough room for all these people. It's interesting because in the past 
oh, five, six, seven years, we've seen a flood of releases of UFO files from really all of our, our uh, departments, so from the CIA, the FBI, um, the Air Force. These guys have all independently investigated UFOs, and these files are available to the public. Um, and the CIA, especially with the revival of the X-Files, tried to capitalize on it last year when they published uh, you know, some of their, their X-Files and said, see what's in our real X-Files. If you want to read 80,000 pages of yep. really boring text, it's pretty boring. be my guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the FBI has a, a digital reading room. They call it the vault, I think, where you can go and, and type in UFO and find their files, too. Of course, you know, we have no idea if they've actually released all the UFO files. Probably not, and certainly not good stuff. But how many of you saw just the last week about the the uh, UK UK uh, Ministry of Defense's UFO files? Okay, so the MOD, the Ministry of Defense, um, actively investigated UFOs for a long period of time. They had something they called the Flying Saucer Working Party. And through that, they developed the UFO desk. They had something, a, a post called the UFO desk, where they had a team assigned to actively receive UFO reports and investigate those reports. And over the past several years, they've gone through a process be, through a, because of a, spawned by a freedom of information request. They've released in batches their UFO files. The audience there was just so cool. They were really into it. They wanted to hear more. They asked so many questions. They were really engaged. And after the event, we found out that that particular panel was the largest outside panel that they've ever had at Denver Comic Con. Wow! So they saw that you know there's this hunger for that that uh, the topic you know of paranormal of extraterrestrial of ufos so when we were invited back this year they wanted more of that so we did two panels focused on that one was ufos and pop culture and the other was um government paranormal research and we did the government paranormal research was the first panel we did we did that on friday and that was me, Maureen, and Jeremy Corbell, investigative filmmaker Jeremy Corbell. And Jeremy was a busy guy there, too. Um, got him roped into all sorts of panels. Um, and he also did a couple uh, solo presentations on his upcoming films. He did one on, on his Bob Lazar film and one on his Skinwalker Ranch film. When you try to study something like the Skinwalker Ranch, you've got to cast a really wide net because ultimately... This mystery, we don't know what the hell it is. You know there's more to a story, and you're not allowed to talk about it. That's a human burden. Yeah, I mean, it was it was frustrating in the beginning, because Colm and Bob Bigelow would tell me these stories about what was going on the property, and I couldn't tell anyone. There's a lot to uncover in all of this, huh? It's overwhelming. This is stuff, uh, material that's specific to the ranch. I've saved every scrap of paper ever since uh, Dr. Colm Kelleher and Bob Bigelow sort of brought me into the loop. Is there more to tell now? There's a lot more to tell. This is 30 or 40 hours of material that the public has never seen before. Sort of like a veil of secrecy. We are being manipulated by some kind of an intelligence. The things that happen on the ranch are real. What we don't know is who is responsible and what the game plan is. But uh, he was on the government paranormal research panel with us too. And again, super packed room full of very engaged audience members. Um, they were rad. After, the, pa after the, the panel, the table, like the stage was swarmed with people who just wanted to talk and, you know, ask us questions, tell stories, things like that. But at Denver Comic-Con, the schedule is so tight that as soon as the panel's over, they clear the room and they've got like five minutes to fill yeah. the room and start the next panel. So, you know, you don't want to be a, a dick to the, the next people giving their right. panel, eating into their time. That's not fair. So we just got to the point where we tell people, all right, we'd love to talk with you, but let's go out. We're going to be out in the hall. Come and see us out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they did. People would come up and, and want to talk. Um, so that was really cool. The UFOs and pop culture panel, um, we had uh, Jessica Chobot and Andrew Bowser from the Nerdist podcast, Bizarre States. And they were on with me and Maureen and moderated by – geek culture icon Bonnie Burton who 
writes for Playboy and CNET. She used to work for Lucasfilm. She's awesome and knows a lot about UFOs and pop culture. But that was a, a more lighthearted kind of fun panel talking about how UFOs, like alleged real UFO events, have influenced Hollywood, how Hollywood has influenced our perception of UFOs and extraterrestrials, and what role the government has played in influencing uh, what Hollywood puts out. That's so cool. I mean, I that that idea of like this hyper reality of like which which came first, you know, the chicken or the egg with Hollywood exactly. and UFOs. That's always really intrigued me most. And it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Dean Alioto, the filmmaker, did a uh, did a couple panels at Archon and roped uh, Alejandro Rojas and myself up there to get up there and talk about that very topic as well, That's Hollywood cool. and UFOs. And what I found most interesting, I don't know if it was the same with the audience at yours was that when we were telling them about these, you know, intrinsically linked things between, you know, the Roswell case and the flying saucer film that came. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN you know months after it or you look at like the day the earth stood still the cia being directly involved with that film or like all the way up to close encounters et and um even independence day like the people from area 51 having to say in that movie um people were astounded and had no idea and again what i think is interesting is these are not ufo people quote unquote so they don't know all these stories that we embed ourselves in on a daily basis so they're minds were like blown at these things we were telling them uh, was it the same at your event absolutely i mean you certainly have you know some audience members who are familiar with some of these things and you know you can tell by the questions they ask but uh, for the most part you know a lot of these people are hearing this stuff for the very first time mm-hmm. um you know even people who were when we started talking about some of the most recent government ufo studies People had sort of remembered seeing it in the news, but they didn't know any sort of details about it and, you know, still didn't know that Harry Reid was involved or or that this was even something that was confirmed. You know, they thought it was just another, you know, silly story or something. But we'd get totally unrelated questions to things that we'd been talking about. I mean, we didn't mention the Phoenix Lights at all or particular sightings, but, you know, we'd get questions about, you know, what we thought of the Phoenix Lights and things like that. So it was really cool. That's awesome. Now, um, I have to ask you about the government, government and UFO panel. Did this focus more on the, you know, the current stuff, the Pentagon program and Skinwalker and all that? Or did, did, uh, Jeremy and you guys, did you sort of trace it back as well? So being that I had Jeremy on the panel, I wanted to focus a lot on the current stuff. Okay. You know, certainly. And, and with him there to talk about his Skinwalker film. That was perfect. We wanted to spend, you know, about half of our time talking about Skinwalker. But the we, we let it off. And, you know, the government's been involved in so many, quote unquote, paranormal uh, studies that 
you know, you could talk for days about that. But uh, we had our limited time, our 50 minutes or whatever it was. So we had to pick and choose and just kind of do a brief overview. But if I, I decided to start with like MK Ultra and talk about, you know, like mind control and, and remote viewing and stuff like that. And we moved into the UFOs because we really wanted to focus on UFOs because I love talking about UFOs. <laughs> so, you know, we, we certainly started talking about sign and grudge and blue book, um, kind of glossed over things like the Condon committee and Robertson panel, but that led us into current day or at least officially recent UFO studies. So ATIP and the, and the like. So that was our sort of blueprint for the panel, and it, it mostly stuck to that. But yeah, I wanted to primarily spend the time on on Skinwalker because that is like the hodgepodge of everything that was researched by the government. So, and that blew people's minds. That's really cool. And the entire group, you actually got to go visit the Stanley Hotel, which uh, people may recognize from The Shining. Terrifying. I spoke to a paranormal investigator who spent like three years investigating that that place. And uh, ugh, I can't even imagine what that was like. Um, so what, what was it like going to like one of the most haunted places ever with these people? And what did they think about all of that? I'm interested to know what the hosts of Bizarre States, what they think about all this UFO stuff. Well, they're certainly super into it. You know, they focus a lot of their podcast on it. And, you know, I've interviewed Jessica Chobot before on, on Spacing Out. And, you know, she's had a, a at least one UFO experience before. So, I mean, she's, she's all about it, all about the strange. But, you know, she approaches it like I think a lot of people do. And that is, and perhaps myself included, but, you know, they, they look into these things because they're just fascinated by the unknown by unexplained things. And they like, like that, that journey of just like looking into it and following it and seeing where it goes. Um, they were certainly there longer than we were cause they went up in, in the morning and I don't think they had a, a good experience there. Their most recent episode of bizarre States, they pretty much complained about their entire trip. So oh, no. <laughs> you can, you can hear about it from them. All right. Well, let's shift gears into the Stanley hotel. Cause we finally got to go down there, everybody. And yeah. it was interesting. Uh, All right. You ready? Go uh, ahead. Uh, light them up. Well, here's the only thing. We, our experience with them, just in the communication that we've had in trying to film there, mm -hmm. they've said time and time again, we're trying to move away from the supernatural history of this place or capitalizing mm -hmm. too much on that angle for, uh, for tourism. Then you get there and it's just fucking ghost shit, ghost shit, ghost shit, ghost shit. They're not moving away from it. So what the fuck were they talking about? Oh, their yeah. drinks are named after the fucking red rum from The Shining. Their gift shop is full of ghost books and paranormal shit. The thing when we walked in was there's a giant séance happening tonight. Like I don't get what yeah. they've been feeding us for you know over a year. When you get there and they're like, "Y'all like ghosts? We got ghosts." Yeah, I mean the funny thing is I was so amped to go up there, and. We went right after being at Comic-Con all weekend. Mm -hmm. So we were dead. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. dead. We like roll into this haunted hotel and we're all, uh, where's the bed? I want to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't the, the ideal situation for ghost hunting. And we missed the, they do, they do ghost, ghost tours there too. Um, and we missed the ghost tour because we were too late getting up there. So we just kind of walked around and stuff and, and I was too, too tired to, you know, really be perceptive enough to, to see anything out of the ordinary or, or sense anything. So I had no experiences at the Stanley, but, uh, yeah, they're great stories and it's a rad place. I mean, it's super old. It, it has, you know, all that atmosphere that you, you want, you know, super old, super cool looking, but you know, nothing that, that would remind you of the shining because they didn't actually film the shining there. It just is, was the inspiration for Stephen King to write the shining. So if you go into it expecting that you're going to be disappointed, but, yeah. uh, no, it's, it's still a rad old hotel. It's super haunted. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I, I hope to get there someday, someday in the near future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely need to need to do some ghost hunting anyway. Yes. Um, I love ghost hunting. You know, ghost hunting's fun. I mean, I love sky watching too, but sky watching, you know, you just stare at the sky. Whereas <laughs> ghost hunting, you've got some cool toys to play with. So that's fun. And uh, yeah, I recently got a, a full spectrum camera, so I wanted to try that out, but I didn't actually get to bust it out and do any anything with it. But that'll happen sometime. But yeah, no, I mean, I've had some fun experiences ghost hunting. So 
Same here, man. Again, I think it's just opening up your mind to other things. We get so so entrenched in the UFO stuff all the time that we got to remember there's other weird stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm all about it, man. I love the weird. Yeah. Well, well, what I thought was really cool, at least at my event, um, you know, they, they sort of pack all the talent people into like rooms for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I yeah. actually got to talk with several of the people. Um, I, I did not record them, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't have the equipment at the time to do it. But, you know, I was I had breakfast with uh, Mitch Pileggi, Skinner from the X-Files. Yeah, right. And, you know, he he asked me what I did and he was super interested. And he, you know, he's just shaking his head. He's like, wow. He's like, you know, we do this on TV, but to know there's actual people out there doing this stuff, like investigating UFOs and that they people have actually seen stuff. He's like, that's really amazing to me. So I asked him, I'm like, do you believe any of it? He's like, no, none of it. But it's still really cool knowing that people are out there pursuing a truth that they're searching for. So that that yeah. really invigorated me that even these people who, you know, clearly are actors and just doing their job, they, they respect the fandom, first and foremost, that yeah. made them who they are. But they also respect the people that kind of their their characters are based around in a very broad sense. But I thought that was really cool as well. Something that, uh, you know, really got me excited to hear was, I think this was in our UFOs and pop culture panel. There were a couple of uh, teenage girls in the audience and they ask a question, but uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was something along the lines of like, no, I think we'd, we'd ask people about like, you know, the ridicule factor. We'd mentioned something about the stigma surrounding the UFO topic. And these girls, you know, these teenage girls were saying that like younger people, you know, it's not a big deal to them. They just like are happy to accept it. And I thought that is so, that's so rad. I love the, the younger mindset, you know, and we got questions of course about like, what would confirmation of extraterrestrial life due to religion and, you know, all the stuff that we're used to hearing. But it was, it was really cool when we were talking about just people being able to accept it or whatever. And these girls are all, yeah, yeah, we kind of already do like people our age. It's not, not a big deal. We're all, yay, go young people. Yes, that's a good point, man. The younger generation, they're like, they, they're, they're ready. They're ready right. for this stuff. And it's, it's almost a given to them. I mean, look at like what happened on Mars, what, last week? The discoveries of the, yeah. the organics and the phosphorus. Right. And like, we're inching closer and closer to either finding ancient life on another planet or possible you know, current microbial life. So yeah. again, you know, it's not these little gray men that some of the, the people on our planet believe are visiting us, but it's a step in the right direction. And at the end of the day, like that's all we want is the truth to, to get sort of X-Files about it. We just want the truth, no matter what that truth might be. And I think it was on our government paranormal research panel. Jeremy asked the audience, he just said, would you guys freak out if you found out that Aliens are real, and everybody's all no. He's all, "Are you ready for the truth?" They're all, "Yeah." <laughs> We're like way into it. Oh, bring on, bring on the aliens! Woo, bring them out on stage. Yep. <laughs> well, that's good because look who we have here. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Governor Fife Simonton style. Right? Yeah, Pola Simonton. Yep. <laughs> um, I actually, I also spoke. I want to get your thoughts on this before we sort of wrap things up, Jason. Um, the whole ancient alien theory. Now, I mm -hmm. went into this event being like, oh, God, like, I don't watch ancient aliens. I'm not sure. really a big proponent of this idea. You know, they're in what season of 53 of this thing right yeah, I think now? It's 53. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of had that sour stench in my mouth going into sure. it. So when I got there, I realized, oh, okay, so this isn't just about ancient aliens. Cool check one off the list. This is okay. Right. Um, and then I actually, when I was signing in, I met up with a guy named Remy Romani, who is a Egyptologist and a documentarian on ancient nice. aliens. Really cool, young dude, super energetic. And, um, and I asked him straight up, I'm like, so what... What is it about this show that you think really appeals to people and has made it last so long? And he said, it's, it's the idea of, you know, sort of throwing out everything you've ever been taught or been forced to think about and rethink it, reshape it and remold it. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm totally down for that. That's cool. And then I asked him, like, do you believe 
that aliens built the pyramids or did this or did that. And, you know, he straight up told me, he's like, I'm an Egyptologist. Like, I've been studying this my entire life. He said, no, I do not believe aliens built the pyramids in Egypt. Mm -hmm. He said, what we try to convey on the show and what a lot of people misrepresented as is that it's possible that there was some sort of intervention, maybe at one point in time, maybe in many, that some sort of intelligence from some other place, maybe planet, maybe universe, maybe dimension, whatever, spoke to the Egyptians and sort of, you know, nudged them along or gave them visions or gave them uh, messages about how to do these things. So, you know, he, I, I really respected that. It wasn't aliens came and built the pyramids, yeah. forgetting about the, the vast history and knowledge of the Egyptians being not able to do that themselves. So I thought that actually really, I learned something my first day there about the whole ancient alien theory that kind of changed my mind about it. That, yeah, maybe it is possible that they had visions. We hear about this in every culture leading up to their technological renaissance, as it were. So I found that pretty interesting. What are your thoughts on the whole ancient alien thing? I've never really asked you that. Well, certainly when it comes to the show, I when it, when it first started, I... Gave it a shot because I love history and I love aliens. So, you know, I thought this is perfect. And I, I love the, the historical aspect to the show. But, you know, if they really did stick to posing possibilities, that would be just fine. But that's not really what happens. And they, they, they do it in, in creative ways. But several of the, the contributors, you know, phrase things as saying, like, there couldn't be any other way except extraterrestrials did this. Mm. So, you know, I think a lot of people gravitate towards it because it's providing answers, you know, and I, I think that's dangerous because we don't have the answers to give people. These are possibilities, but people are, you know, blindly listening to what these people are telling them on TV because these are experts and they're showing all these cool historical photos and things and, and, presenting it in a way that this act, this absolutely happened this way with extraterrestrials. So I don't like that. And I, I think, you know, it, it's done a little bit of damage in terms of uh, the public's perception of UFOs because and, and extra, extraterrestrials because this show in the general public is viewed as this, you know, it's a, it's a silly meme. It really is. Like everything and every every legitimate UFO story that comes out, anything that about extraterrestrial life or the the possibility of life on other planets, you know, we always see the Giorgio meme. We always see it's aliens. You know, so I, I don't really like that the show has done that or that that is the representation in pop culture for UFOs and extraterrestrials. I agree. I agree with you so much. And, uh, you know, uh, Dean and I struggled when we were at this event, you know, when we're in the vendor rooms, you know, because, you know, we're trying to make our money back on traveling there. And, Absolutely. And, you know, we wrote books for a reason, you know, get information out, but also, you know, make a little little cash on the side to help us fund our further research. We're yeah. not millionaires by any sense of the word when we do right. these things. But again, like people were rabid buying stuff left and right, left and right. And we we just looked at each other at one point and we're like, you know, the only reason that we're doing so well here is because of Georgia Sukalos. That's and, right. And we both admitted it. We're like, yeah, like these people came to have an experience to think, but they also came to see this now iconic celebrity from television. Absolutely. And Absolutely. you know what? If, if we can sort of, sort of use that to our advantage to get people interested in what we're talking about, why not? So it's tough. It's a struggle. The whole cult of celebrity in and out of the UFO field is, is, you know, always been a struggle as well. But, um, at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun. That's kind of how I was looking at our event is it was fun. Was it insightful yeah. and informational? Yeah. Yeah. It was every now and again. But overall, it was just a good, good time and got a lot of weirdos together to just celebrate aliens. So. That's awesome, man. And yeah, you have to look at it like that. You know, it's just like the, the annual Roswell Festival or the McMinnville Festival. Like, those are not to be confused with serious research gatherings. They're just fun times. They're, they're, they're places for people to, to celebrate the weird and, you know, embrace their weirdness and, and be around people who like the things they like. And, you know, Denver Comic Con and, and Alien Con, those bring in the fandom element, too, you know, where you get to 
hang out and see and take photos with people you've seen on TV. So I dig it. I dig it too, man. And I mean, the last thing I'm sort of going to say to wrap up my con was we had a, during a panel that I mentioned earlier with Dean Eliotto, Alejandro Rojas, and myself talking about Hollywood and UFOs, we, uh, we did a Q&A after. A couple people asked questions about certain movies, this, that. And then, I'm not kidding you, this kid, he had to be no older than like 10, 12 maybe. He gets up to the mic and he says, Hello, gentlemen. My question for you is... What president do you think has been most interested in UFOs? Because I remember seeing Bill Clinton talking about this topic when he was president and also Hillary meeting with Rockefeller and talking about this as well. And we Dang. all – we were stunned. Dang. This kid could barely reach the microphone. They had to like yeah. bring it down to him. And he was able to like pull up this pretty obscure kind of reference to presidents and UFOs. Nice. Oh, my god. Like the audience started – laughing when he asked the question but we were all like holy shit yeah like yeah. let's let's tell him like what we know about it so yeah, kid knows his shit he, yeah alejandro went into the whole story and the kid took it in and he just goes thank you and walked away nice. and that like that was it for me man if the con had ended there i would have been like oh my god a 10 to 12 year old is inquiring about presidents and UFOs. Like yeah. th if I'd been doing that at age 10, I, I can't even imagine. So that would kind of culminated the whole event for me is the future of ufology looks bright, even amongst oh, yeah, the man. celebrity with all of this ancient alien stuff. Uh, there are young minds out there looking into this topic and we can only hope that they continue to do it. So that's kind of my, my wrap up for mine. How about you? Well, I, I just love seeing the interest, you know, I mean, you and I know the interest is there. Most people, you know, are interested in this topic and most people have some sort of personal connection to it too. But I love seeing that the stigma is slowly going away. People love to celebrate, you know, whatever weirdness they have. And that's what, what Comic-Cons are, are really known for. They're just like this celebration of being who you are and what you like. You know, not being ashamed to say, I love my little pony or whatever you like, you know. Mm -hmm. So when you bring UFOs into that same uh, type of crowd or same type of uh, environment, people get to celebrate their love of UFOs, their love of extraterrestrials and their curiosity for those topics. So it's why I really love Denver Comic Con and love supporting it because they've just been so receptive to it. They identify that that desire that that hunger for you know more information about these topics is there so they want to fill it and i'm happy to do it as long as i, I continue to be invited and i want to bring it to other locations as well so that's my plan man i mean i i really hope to do more of these panels at uh, different conventions around the country I have no doubt that's going to happen with the success of Denver Comic Con, with the success of Alien Con. I, I think this topic, like you said, is only becoming more mainstream with what Tom DeLonge is doing and everything in between. I think we really do live in a new era of not disclosure, but the UFO topic becoming legitimate and worth studying more now than ever in a world where, you know, we're scared. We're uncertain about whatever comes next, especially in America. So if we can look to that other for hope, uh, that's all we can truly ask for. Now, I have to ask you before we go, Jason, what comes next? I know you've got some trips coming up, ufological in some sense. What can we expect from you and Rogue Planet in the near future? Oh, we're going to be having some fun in Roswell. Yes. Roswell. I'm super excited for Roswell. I mean, I say that. I've, I've been there a, a couple times now, and Roswell is kind of a depressing place. There's it not is. a whole lot there. Yeah. but And it's kind of a pain in the ass to get to. But that being said, I mean, it's Roswell. You know, exactly. you got to go. And and the festival is, is crazy and, and fun and a lot of a lot of familiar faces there. So it's good to go and, and, and experience the uh, – the annual celebration there. 
But uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some some interviews and some stuff for some upcoming things from Rogue Planet. So there's going to be a lot of social media happening during that trip. Awesome. I cannot wait to see and hear all of that. And Jason, man, I'm so happy we got to sit down, debrief after our very eventful but exhausting events this past week. I wouldn't have it any other way. Hell yeah, man. It sounds like yours was a blast. I know mine was a blast. So, you know, they, they just happen to be on the same weekend. I know. Bummer, but <laughs> we, we, we got, we got to cover all the bases, right? So. Exactly, exactly. And there's only more to come. So that's right. That's right. All right. That is it for this week's episode. Again, my thanks goes out to Jason McClellan for coming on and talking all about his experiences at Denver Comic Con. If you know of any conventions coming to your hometown where you think a UFO panel might be of interest, please reach out to Jason and I. And we'd love to talk to you more in depth about bringing Rogue Planet and Somewhere in the Skies to your hometown convention. To learn more about what Jason and Maureen are up to at Rogue Planet and to contact them personally, visit rogueplanet.tv. If you have a few moments, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Somewhere in the Skies on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen from. It helps the show gain new listeners, and only then can we start to ask new questions. We're on Twitter at Somewhere Skies and on Instagram at Somewhere Skies Pod. If you haven't had a chance to check out the Somewhere in the Skies store, now is the time. We have an all-new exclusive t-shirt featuring the godfather of ufology, J. Allen Hynek. Want to represent the OG ufologist in style? This and many other designs are available at tpublic.com. Just search for Somewhere in the Skies. Again, that's teepublic.com. Last but not least, all past episodes, articles, news, and contact information can be found at the official website, somewhereintheskies.com. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I hope you'll join me here next week for our third installment of Witness Accounts, where you'll hear directly from those who've experienced firsthand the UFO phenomenon in the most strange, scary, beautiful, and most human of ways. That's Witness Accounts, Volume 3, next Monday. Until then, remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies. Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. This is Angelica Norton. And this is Amber Moreno. I produce and I host a podcast called Chatty Crafties. I chat with our crafty friends about what drives them to make, perform, and create. It's not about perfection. No! It's about expression. We invite you to peer into the lives of our guests' creative processes and inspirations. We hope to excite those who assume they're not creative and support those who may have forgotten that they are. Honestly, I just want to celebrate and absorb their creative energy to try new things. So it won't sound so daunting for me to, oh, sew a swimsuit, tell a story on stage in front of strangers, or get back into painting. So find us at chattycrafties.com for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Now go make some art. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>